Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me while I break down the week in Bravo TV news. Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell, and today's episode is blessed with none other than just me. I have gotten the bug. I love a solo episode now. I'm back and I'm ready to podcast. I think I'm going to do every other news episode as a solo episode because it's a lot easier for me on the back end because I don't have to find a guest. All I need to do is evidently sit alone in my parents' bedroom drinking a Corona light and record. So here I am, like I said, at my parents' house in their bedroom drinking a Corona light and I'm here to break down all the Bravo TV news this week. There's a lot, so I'm not even going to vamp up a bunch of BS that I could talk about right now. But also, this won't be on YouTube, and I think I'm kind of over YouTube, but that's besides the point. So, let's just jump right in. So, Thomas Ravenel from Southern Charm, I should say formerly from Southern Charm, recently became a father of three. This past June 29th, his not-girlfriend, whose name is Heather Mascow, had his child. So back on, I think, episode 105, we're on 120 for context. So back in March, we reported on Heather being pregnant, and they weren't together at the time. They're not together now, and they're just going to co-parent amicably, because that's generally how co-parenting always works. He is now a father of three, and but I kind of wish there was a way that his sperm would just stop working. I feel like we don't need any more spawns of Satan in this world. Baby Jonathan Jackson is going to be a beautiful little angel baby. However, having him as a father is terrifying, and I hope he takes after his mother's side. So what we can't forget about this crazy whole situation was that Heather was once married to a guy they had two kids together. She is a nurse too, and I think that's kind of his type. Let's not forget about Ashley Jacobs, horrific woman, which TBH, I'm shocked she didn't somehow have a baby with him. I feel like she's the kind of gal who traps on the first date, which, not judging. Sometimes you just gotta trap. Anyways, so Heather was once married to a business owner named Leo. He was obviously privy that Heather and Thomas were dating. So, he ended up hanging a massive banner outside of his beautiful home in Charleston saying, keep this guy out of your house while minors are sleeping. Thomas Ravenel was booked a, <laughs> was booked for second degree assault, battery, and I believe this says sexual assault or rape to a former nanny. January 25th, 2015, Thomas Ravenel was also indicted on federal cocaine charges in June of 2007. So this guy was obviously not happy that Heather was allowing this creepazoid to be in the home with their two children, who I believe were, da, 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 don't have their ages, sorry. But understandably so, he wouldn't want Thomas Ravenel, who is a truly disgraced, not just politician, but just man or human being. Like, he, his horrific behaviors transcends gender which who knew so thomas ravenel is now a father of three that we know of i feel like thomas ravenel probably has like six or seven kids who have like reached out to him in the past 15 years like hey my mom told me she met you at a bar and you're actually my dad and he probably like shamed them into not thinking that that was true but that's <laughs> truly so horrific of me to say but I honestly stand by that. <laughs> I stand by it. I stand by it. Anyways, in other pregnancy news, we've got another horrific man from Bravo who has knocked up an innocent woman who does not know what she is in for. 
Real Housewives of OC ex-husband David Bador, Shannon Bador's ex-husband, if you guys don't know, got engaged to Leslie Cook. When did they get engaged? Who cares? They got engaged six or seven months ago. And based on her Instagram stories and an insane looking TikTok of her daughter, she has announced that she is pregnant. She also has on her Instagram bio, like a chick with a baby bump, which I didn't know we were doing things like that on Instagram bios. I'm always learning what people are doing on Instagram and I'm actually kind of mortified. Like if something new happens in your life, are you generally like, let me call my mom, let me call my dad, let me update my Instagram bio? I think it's a little lame. Again, besides the point, but they are pregnant. Again, happy that she is going to have a beautiful, healthy baby. Duh, that goes without saying. David had an exclusive with People Magazine, which I can't believe People Magazine is still paying for his exclusive story. Who would ever, ever need that? I wonder how Shannon feels. I know she probably was pretty hurt when they got engaged in the first place. Now, the fact that he's like extending their family is probably a little bit harder to hear because Shannon is with her boyfriend, John. However, they're not having another child. Let's be realistic. So, of course, Shannon's going to be a little bit upset and not even upset, but you know, feel some sort of way towards her husband of 17 years having a child with a younger woman and starting a new second life. David was so horrible to her that in the long run, she has gotten out fairly untouched. She still makes like $10,000 a month from him and I think got like $1.4 million in a settlement. So she's still going all the way to the bank with David's money. So good for her. But yeah, I don't know. I'm happy for anybody who's pregnant and wants to be pregnant so i'm i'm happy for them but you know after we got those shots of the two of them in italy naked hiking and then just naked near a brick wall the brick wall one i'm still like zooming in and trying to understand like i'm gonna go through like uh google maps and try to figure out exactly where that wall was kind of like in the movie uh what is that documentary called don't fuck with cats where they were like trying to find this like psycho killer but they were using google maps to go through like every street of a canadian city and then they found the street corner that's gonna be me tonight jesus christ yeah when i'm home all bets are off where my time and sanity really goes but yeah i can imagine the photo shoots for this pregnancy are gonna be insane i believe it's gonna probably be something along the lines of monique from potomac where she like got into a pool with a full gown and as they were happening I was laughing at how ridiculous this was, but the photos ended up turning out gorgeous. And it actually made me rethink my entire career considering I am a photo producer and I didn't see the genius of what was happening at the time. So I'm rethinking my career too. Anyways, other pigs from the OC. Megan King Edmonds, ex-husband Jim Edmonds. It's just the worst guy. He was cheating on her when she was literally in labor giving birth to twins and like a high-risk pregnancy as well. (laughs) Casual and he was sexting during that which is really really appropriate but he's been dating a new girl named courtney we talked about her on the show a couple times but lately he has just been pissing me off on instagram because he's writing these super long captions that basically put megan down in an effort to lift this new girl up and i don't know if this new girl is begging for this as if she needs to feel like he cares about her he wrote if it wasn't for this girl i don't know if i'd even be here right now she showed up in my life just at the right time amazing that her taking a chance on a on a plus one weekend to mexico pulled me out of my hole and changed my life forever i was in such a dark place one that i didn't think that could happen to me i was going through hell and (laughs) ending a loveless and abusive relationship the lies and accusations that followed the breakup put me deeper into a funk blah 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 she brought me back to my world thank god for this amazing woman to make me a better person and father i feel like he's like forgetting that he himself like put him in all of these horrific situations like time and time again he's like yeah the loveless and abusive relationship that i actively was not giving her love in and seeking out other women for companionship and abuse you know i can't say one was abusive or the other was abusive we saw how rude he was to her and how he didn't take into consideration anything she ever said on the show and like barely cracked a smile he only cracked a smile when he was talking about candles and that's a red flag any man who's so deeply into candles 
huge red flag and i'm a candle girl too so don't get me wrong but like i'm the candle lover in my relationships not my partner they learn to love candles because of me as you guys were really wondering about that but it just frustrates me like you really don't have to tear one person down to bring another person up especially because megan is like in this new relationship with this hunky guy and one other thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way actually two other things one jim keeps posting things about this woman like being so healthy and whole and her body is just pure and natural and healthy where frankly megan king eggman i always call her megan king eggmans i don't get it eggmans (laughs) eggmans but megan is looking like she's 14 pounds right now and she opened up right when like the divorce came out that she was losing a ton of weight she's not able to keep weight on when she's super anxious she has this new boyfriend they're hiking a lot and doing a lot of outdoor activities and i can't really see her eating a lot but she she does look very 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 thin thinner than i think we've really seen her in the past yet you know you'll see jim posting pictures of courtney like making a green juice in the morning and he's like finally a woman who understands health finally another model girl with a perfect body who drinks green juice she loves celery juice it's full of hydration and water and i don't know it just like pisses me off because i feel like he does a lot of things like that that are kind of specifically making jabs at her and maybe i'm like ultra sensitive to it because i like do this show and i i have a skewed perspective of what people do on the internet because i think whatever you kind of choose to put on the internet there is like a reason for it whether it's trying to like make people think you have a lot of money or make people think you have a perfect life or make people think you have found the best woman in the world and your other woman sucked whatever i think people post things online to make other people see them and so just like any reality show when there's that weird cut to or there's a song playing in the background or if they keep a friend of it there's generally a reason for it so i kind of find social media to be the same way if someone's posting something it's because we're meant to see it (laughs) i posted a billboard that she was on i guess she's a model who knew writing hashtag beautiful hashtag love it hashtag proud hashtag real work hashtag working women and not to put down models but (laughs) to say like during a a pandemic when like in new york every night at 7 p.m you clap for essential workers (laughs) like real work is not your girlfriend sitting on a couch with like an apple watch probably making ten thousand dollars for an afternoon real work i believe that would be like in comparison to megan who was like let's not forget also a model and a real housewife i don't even know if megan had like another fake job she was saying she was doing yeah, I can't remember. Obviously, she's a detective, but that's like a side hustle. <laughs> I don't know. I just am so over the OC. It's really hard for me to report on these people because they're just all horrible. There's like a new girl named Liz coming on. I haven't even done research on her because I could care less. And I know I'm doing a disservice to you listeners, you beautiful, great listeners out there, but I just don't care. I really just don't care. We do have a confirmation that Gina Kay is coming back for next season she has been filming testimonials in her apartment or her home i don't know where she's living she's been filming testimonials at her house her hair looks good so that's always a great sign that emotionally she's doing well she looks really happy with her cute little blended family and her boyfriend and their kids and she actually hosted a conversation with giselle from the raw of potomac about race in america and i frankly thought it was kind of surprising coming from her but i also appreciated it because the OC is notoriously, uh, how do you say, whitewashed? So it was nice to kind of see that coming from her, especially because you wouldn't really expect it. Granted, she's a Long Island girl, so am I. Maybe she's more inclusive than I thought. However, I'm not putting inclusivity into the Long Island stereotype just yet. We're not there just yet. <laughs> But I think 120,000 people watched their Instagram live together. So I think that's just great. Good. Get some conversations going, especially within different Housewives franchises, because, you know, Giselle has a lot to teach Gina and Gina probably has a lot to teach Giselle. Obviously about different things. I definitely don't need to hear Gina teaching Giselle about race, but that's besides the point. Well, moving coast, we are now talking about the one and only Lanethia Leakes, she rumor rumor has it she's not coming back to the show 
I don't really believe it. At this point, every single episode we have of this show, I'm like, is she coming? Is she going? Is Nini leaving? Is Portia leaving? Is the leaving? Who knows? Who knows until they start rolling the camera? Who knows? However, Monique, the actress and comedian, was rumored to have been taking... Okay, Monique doesn't have a last name. Okay. Well, I mean, Monique Angela Hicks, but everyone knows her as Monique. I was like, wait, does she not have a last name? So that's actually very Cher and very Madonna of her. But so Monique was rumored to be taking Nini's spot on the upcoming season of The Royal Housewives of Atlanta, but she came out with a full on video saying that is a goddamn lie. She said, let me let it come straight from my mouth. No, my sweet babies, I'm not doing the Royal Housewives of Atlanta. And in my humble opinion, Nene Leakes is irreplaceable. Nene Leakes is Royal Housewives of Atlanta, if you ask me, baby. I love how she says baby so much. I feel like I'm not doing this quote any justice. Like, my dumb white voice is just really not doing it. And if you ask me, baby, that's been 13 years. So, no, I'm not joining the cast, though I respect all those sisters. They do what they do, and I'm not replacing Nene Leakes. I love how a full video squashing this had to come out other people have come out Yvonne's like you never know I might be replacing Nini and Monique is like let's not even try I got knee deep into a Atlanta rewatch this past week because I was just at my parents house and I have cable and it was the season I think it was season seven or season eight where Kim Fields was on and they were filming the Marshall, the Marshall in Jamaica. <laughs> it was so funny. And it was a commercial for Cynthia's sunglasses line. And Kim Fields, who's like a director, writer, producer, ended up producing the Marshall, which again, they kept calling it commercial Marshall, which I'm going to start saying in my corporate job because I think it'll really catch on quickly. But Kenya was so butthurt that vacation because, you know, she thinks she's like the producer girl and, you know, writer girl. Just kidding. Uh, She thinks she's a producer and a writer and an actress and this and that. But Cynthia ended up going to Kim, who like actually does that and asked her to produce this thing. And she was really killing it. Don't get me wrong. Kim Fields was not a fit for the Real Housewives of Atlanta. However, that was really nice it was kind of nice to see someone like in their element working but kenya was also dating matt during this trip and it was so sad like you just see like kenya has had like so many horrible men in her life and like consistently and i was looking online i live so close to soco mark daly's restaurant in brooklyn and I want to go because the food looks really good, but I'm also scared of putting money in his pocket. Granted, maybe that money goes to baby Brooklyn, and now I'm, like, getting upset. I'm like, should I be potentially funding Brooklyn's college fund with an overpriced order on Seamless? I don't know. But Kenya is clearly very much in Atlanta with baby Brooklyn, and Mark is clearly in Brooklyn at his restaurant because they're doing rebranding and other things. So he's definitely in Brooklyn, and another sign that they're not together but i did see one weird thing so i was going through soko's instagram account and they are no comments on any of his pictures like no one is going on his instagram but there was one picture from a week ago and it was from baby brooklyn's instagram account which like you know kenya handles and it just says nice photo exclamation point on one of the pictures and i feel like that it's going to be a plot point next season in Atlanta. If this was filming, Kenya's going to be like, I reached out to him on Instagram via comment from Brooklyn. He won't even respond to Brooklyn's Instagram. He doesn't even care about me. It's like, girl, what are you doing? No one even liked the comment. I should actually go back and like it. But I don't want to poke the bear. I feel like Kenya would then like go back, find me, find the podcast, leave a bad review. Like, I can't take a bad review. I can't take one from Kenya because I feel like it'd be really scathing. And like she'd like listen to 40 past episodes and find a lot of horrible things I've said and really throw it in my face. So I'm not going to come for her (laughs) unless she twirls for me. (laughs) What is that? Unless I call for you, twirls for you. I don't remember. But yeah, old seasons of Atlanta were really good. And honestly, that was like the golden age of Phaedra. It was right after Apollo went to prison. So she was kind of happy. She was going through a lot during that time and wasn't really allowing the other cast members to really know about it. She was debating like whether to bring the boys to the prison, uh, Fort Dix, where Joe Judice also was. You know, bringing your kid to a prison 
maybe normalizes that kind of visit and normalizes that kind of thing where you know you don't want your kid to think like oh yeah cool but like one day my kid can visit me in prison it's like no let's not make that something that you want to have in your future and she said openly and has always said like as a mother of african-american children boys especially you have to be cognizant of the things that you normalize for them because as you know as a mother of two african-american boys of course she is more privy to the fact that her sons often have a higher chance of getting falsely imprisoned or put into prison for you know a very minor infraction more so than a white kid so (laughs) and speaking of Phaedra she actually ended up being the funeral director for Richard Brooks's funeral which a couple weeks ago he passed away he actually was shot and killed by the police in a Wendy's parking lot a couple weeks back he was like a father of four he was super young um the situation itself was really shitty and he passed away and her and Phaedra ended up doing the whole funeral um procession and whatnot for his widow and the family and a bunch of other celebrities ended up going too and really sad definitely not something I expected Phaedra to kind of be a part of but besides all of her shadiness and being shady Fei-Fei, I thought this was you know very kind of her and hopefully she did this pro bono but I'm also like kind of DL glad she's still working as a funeral director I felt like that was like a weird pipe dream where she was just like randomly into funerals but here she is working all these years later so I'm happy for you and I'm also glad that you were able to do something that drew a lot of public attention and for the, the right reasons. Speaking of other really sad demises, after 12 years, Lisa Vanderpump's restaurant, Villa Blanca in Beverly Hills, has closed down. They are saying the landlord has been raising the pricing, which like understandable anywhere in Beverly Hills, New York, Los Angeles, really anywhere in this country, real estate prices are skyrocketing, especially commercial spaces where they know the business owner has you know a somewhat lucrative career pretty big following lots of customers so they are saying they raise the lease after 12 years of having the lease but who knows if that's really the case i think they're so shady and so this was probably like a money pit at this point after four months of all four of her restaurants in los angeles being closed that must have taken a huge 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 hit on their bank account and they fired everybody right when all this happened and it's not like they're in a place to furlough people because it's not like she gives health insurance to her waiters and waitresses who work there however no income is brutal and especially paying rents like that and I believe it was like $80,000 a month at Villa Blanca just for the monthly rent and that doesn't include like any of payroll costs or insurance or anything like of that stuff so not surprising honestly and I've been saying for a while that this was going to close because frankly it's like she's opening all these hot restaurants so why is she gonna keep like her one place where it's like for ladies who lunch and it's not even like beverly hills ladies who lunch it's like a bunch of girls from minnesota who are coming to do a vander crawl in beverly hills in weho not like normal beverly hills ladies <sighs> lisa vanderpump did come out with a statement saying while saying goodbye to the location where we have actively served the beverly hills community for 12 years and employed hundreds of angelinos is a sad time for us we are excited to perhaps bring back villa blanca back in the future to a different location as its staff and customers have always been a family blah 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 it seems like this response (laughs) was a lot more thought out than her response about her employees being racist but it's honestly not surprising coming from lisa she has a lot to say if it has to do with dogs or her businesses but when it has to do honestly like boo who like what what are we gonna do without villa blanca in this world and honestly nothing and you know what let's not scoff at Dorit kempsley's buco de beppa location still up and running they've still got takeout curbside pickup you can get a disgusting looking caprese salad and some i think i saw like lemon chicken with capers on it and the capers just looked so sad in the photo like you can't even get like a good food photographer to come in to take some shots. I don't know. But what also kind of came out during all of this was a sexual discrimination lawsuit back in 2014, which they 
were supposedly ordered to pay $1.4 million in legal fees to a former employee. So I guess this person had been physically assaulted at the restaurant, was pushed. They covered up the evidence where Ken and this other guy, what's the guy's name, Michael, ended up, I guess, deleting the footage so nobody can find it. This person ended up then taking two days off to recover from whatever battery happened to them. And supposedly the owners of Villa Blanca refused to pay about $300 for the two shifts that she had to miss. And that doesn't include tip. And so she kind of was really going back and saying more so, hey, give me the money that I didn't make because I got assaulted on your job rather than saying I'm going to sue your ass because of this assault that happened to me here obviously felt you know grossly mistreated by ken and this michael guy supposedly the gm at villa blanca ended up saying that ken made sure that they deleted the video that showed the assault so that testimony actually then convinced the court that villa blanca was liable for harassment which in their case was hostile work environment discrimination based on gender unsafe work environment and wrongful termination and get this, little Shishu was dragged in to testify for the defense and against her former friend and co-worker, despite not witnessing, witnessing anything. So you wonder why LVP has always had Sheena as like her number one gal, because she's literally going to court for her saying, they would never push anybody. They would never delete any footage to show any misbehavior. Like, yeah, freaking right. Yeah, right. So, interesting. I mean, $1.4 million is a lot of money for a small restaurant, especially back in 2014, which they... When did Vanderpump Rules start? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. It's going to show my age. 2013, okay. So the show is on at this point. I mean, maybe... Yeah, the show was on. So they still didn't have enough money to pay $1.4 million in legal fees. But still, that's a huge hit for any kind of restaurant. So, I mean, interesting. If that's the case, they've got to go. Villa Blanca and all the other places have had such shady dealings over the past few years. We had one person saying that people were signing faulty checks and... We had that one customer coming in accusing them of giving them explosive diarrhea. I didn't know diarrhea could be something you go to court with. I think the demise of Lisa Vanderpump is kind of coming. Vanderpump rules going down the drain. Her being off of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I told you guys I had some inside scoop that NBC was doing a Vanderpump dog show on their Peacock streaming network. Not sure what that is or what the status is because NBC (laughs) furloughed most of their staff. So my sources not there right now but i don't know i think people are kind of getting over vanderpump there's a lot of shadiness and frankly that's not fair to take advantage of other people to make yourself rich and not cool speaking of other closures in beverly hills mauricio umansky the husband of kyle 
Richards Umansky has decided to close down his physical space for his Palm Springs agency office. And so many people have been like writing and sending this to me like, can you believe it? He's such a bad businessman. And I like, frankly, no, I think that's ridiculous. We're in the middle of a pandemic and especially real estate offices, what people come in to like print shit and like get things faxed at the office. Like a real estate broker doesn't need to go into an office, especially in Palm Springs where it's probably not the fastest market in the world we're not this isn't selling sunset that we're talking about so people evidently think he's even more of a bad businessman and you know what you know Mauricio had that whole thing with like the what was it like Ugandan embassy (laughs) and like that was weird the whole situation was weird but frankly I don't think he is as much of a schemer as Lisa Vanderpump and Ken Todd but he he ended up saying we had to lay people off and furlough people. It was one of the most difficult things I've gone through in my entire life. And I can't even imagine being a business owner right now and having to face people who helped you grow to a certain point and have to say, hey, I can't have you anymore. I can't pay you. And I can't even imagine. Other random things. James Kennedy has been sober for a year. He deserves a congratulations. It's it's really nice to see that he's come really far. And him at the reunion was really refreshing to see how proud he was and i loved that one scene i can't remember who he was talking to. i think he was talking to raquel where he was just scared that people wouldn't love him for who he is when he's not drinking and i think that resonated with me and probably resonated with other people who might have struggled with alcoholism or see people in their life who struggle with addiction and i don't know it just it was a really real moment and i think James has this way of connecting with audiences by being incredibly vulnerable where it makes him someone that viewers can relate to or see a friend in them or whatever but I'm happy for him and Raquel got a haircut and she looks amazing and I'm actually taking a screenshot of that picture and bringing it to my hairdresser whenever hairdressers are open which I think they are open in New York but I'm still just trying to lay low for the time being I've been cutting my own hair which is terrifying i don't have bangs and i don't color my hair so luckily for me there's not too much error that could really happen but this this is this is all bad (laughs) please please go back to normal and we still have no word from katie's podcast we talked about that two weeks ago hello we're waiting i really still want to know how to not judge people i really don't think that's coming anytime soon i feel like dear media is like damn why do we give her a show right when everybody on the cast was probably just told to never, ever speak of anything involving Vanderpump Rules? And why are people going to listen to her show? There's nothing that people want to hear from her other than Vanderpump Rules tea, which actually kind of leads us beautifully into the Real Housewives of New York star. I always call her a star. It's really hard. Bethany Frankel. No longer on the Royal Housewives of New York, but forever in our hearts. And we'll get there, but I do think the show needs her. The show needs something. Whether it's Tinsley to come back or Bethany to come back, someone come back, but not Heather Thompson. Seeing her in the promo pissed me off. Holla! So, Bethany is starting a new business venture. I feel like she has 300 things in the works and we see none of them. But that's besides the point. She's starting a podcast because now I just needed another person to compete with. So she has a podcast called Just Be with Bethany Frankel, which is an unfiltered, polarizing conversation with self-made moguls who have started from the bottom and are here. Oh my God, what horrible millennial wrote this. These fearless game changers will engage in interesting conversations about the unconventional journey to success, which is great. I love that. But this is the same thing as Vicky Gunvalson who started a podcast billing it as a business show people don't care about your business acumen period people aren't watching you on the Real Housewives of New York or OC to know how Bethany budgeted her books and got someone to buy skinny girl from her we don't care about that we want to hear you calling Luann a whore we want to hear you telling Dorinda she's an alcoholic on a private plane that's what we want who cares about self-made moguls and bethany frankel and interviewing them also again i've said it on this show so many times interviewing is a complete skill that's why i don't do it because it's 
takes a really good listener to be an amazing interviewer. And what Bethany cannot do is listen. So I think like the first four months she's going to be in training wheels. Hopefully she has good producers who will kind of say, hey, honey, you got to let the other person get a word in because uh, you're not. And it's showing. And and it's not a conversation when Bethany is going to be talking over them. And also the self-made mogul saying like, what, Kylie Jenner? What's self-made at this point? Like, I don't know. I'm happy that she's starting a new thing. Get your voice out there. You have 47 shows in production, evidently. You've got an amazing charity, which that is definitely super interesting. And I would love to maybe hear her have someone she works with hands-on on these projects, getting PPE to people and masks and everything else she's doing for the virus right now. But I really don't care. I really don't care. And like, we fell in love with Bethany because, you know, we watched her go through so much and being poor when she started and then having this major company and then Jason and then divorce and the talk show and the ups and downs. That's what we love about Bethany. We love her candid thoughts on everything and her truly unfiltered way of talking to her quote unquote friends and co-stars and frankly colleagues, which is also kind of weird to think like her and Ramona are colleagues, but they are. But you know, I don't know. I just, I can't, I could care less about business. I maybe because I work in corporate America. And so I see a lot of people and hear a lot of people who think they're interesting and they're not, but (laughs) she'll do well. She'll make a lot of money from this podcast, a lot more money than I will ever make. And Hey, good for her. Let's get the ad dollars to people who don't need it i'm like getting jealous now i don't want to be rude don't want to be rude she did say we are in a moment in time where people are afraid to express themselves and only present present filtered or watered down versions of the truth she was like i'm gonna say the wrong thing sometimes and i'm gonna be politically incorrect yes bethany we know the thing about podcasting versus tv editing is that tv editing has a lot more editing involved an hour-long episode, if you're politically incorrect for 27 of those minutes, uh, your show's going to be weird and short if you have good producers. But let's try to not be too politically incorrect and, and do proper research for your episodes so you don't make a goddamn fool out of yourself. And hopefully she goes in with a little bit of a humble attitude because as a mogul herself, she probably thinks she knows everything that's ever happened in the world of business ever. And I think we saw that with Heather Thompson. They were definitely going head to head over like yummy tummy and skinny girl bullshit. All this shit, which is like to make people thin, which like is just not the hill I want to die on. But <laughs> a branding drama between the two of them were, you know, I think I think it was so was it Sonia? Oh, no, it was. Ramona asking the ladies about book advice, advice on the name of her book, which I believe ended up being called Life on the Ramona Coaster, which, you know, let's go back to the drawing boards on that one. But I think Bethany was just like screaming at Ramona and telling her, no, no, no. Heather's like, well, I don't really think she's asking for permission. She's asking for advice. And like Bethany, just because you have a successful business doesn't mean you are Miss Business 101. Like you didn't go to a Harvard MBA program and know like economic policy and all this bullshit where like some, you know, true business people do know that. Like who else misses Tinsley? I don't know. Roni's kind of been a wash lately for me. I kind of liked seeing Luann have Eliza Minnelli freak out <laughs> with, with Sonia over her being on the show, but it also just gets sad at a certain point. I don't know. I don't know. I did see something on Moni's Instagram. She posted like a tweet that someone wrote like, maybe the past few episodes of Roni have been weird because the lead editor died. We talked about that probably five or six, no, probably like 10 or so episodes ago, how one of the lead editors who had been editing Roni since season one passed away due to COVID-19 and so you know that definitely has a huge play in what we're seeing on screen and so that just made me feel sad and wear a mask and another like weird sad Tinsley thing I was reading an article in the times about I don't know like bullshit fashion stuff and Garrow Sparrow was mentioned and I had never heard of Garrow Sparrow before Tinsley walked in that just generally hideous fashion show 
and then it made me like really like think wow good for you tinsley walking in like cool alt designers very cool of you very cool one other thing coming out of real housewives of new york land carol radzewill princess carol as you know the british aristocracy knows her as has frequently said in the past that she was not associated with Ghislaine Maxwell. If you guys don't know Ghislaine, then Google her because it's incredible. Also, her name is really hard to spell and pronounce, but it's Ghislaine, I think. Again, I'm like very poor, so saying names like that are just not something I grew up with. So Ghislaine was Jeffrey Epstein's kind of like madam. She would procure younger women into feeling very comfortable to going to his house and then giving them massages. And sometimes she would touch them. Sometimes she would get naked so that they would feel comfortable getting naked. And she would recruit all of these girls, you know, ages like 14 to 16 to 18 to 21 to go to his house and give him these creepy massages. And then he would like take his dick out and do X, Y, and Z with it. Again, I'm so sorry if you guys have kids in the car. It's 43 minutes in. You know at this point get your kids out of the car throw them out but Ghislaine was in like the very fancy high society like billionaire circle in New York City that Carol was also in because of her one her job at ABC News like that was a pretty major thing but then obviously marrying um, a prince generally a prince whose cousin is a Kennedy will get you into certain circles so she met Ghislaine at some event in December of she went on Heather McDonald's podcast. She said that they met at a movie premiere, and that's where, like, one picture of them was taken. And then in December of 1999, Carol had gone to London a couple months after Anthony died just to kind of get away. She didn't want to be in New York for the holidays. And I guess Ghislaine found out that Carol was there alone. So Ghislaine calls Carol, and they guess I guess they have a good mutual friend. She said, oh, I, I heard that you were alone in London. I have a great idea for you. Why don't you go on a date with Prince Andrew? (laughs) Lol. Who's, again, Jeffrey Epstein's, like, butt buddy and equally as disgusting and disgraceful as Jeffrey Epstein. So she ends up going on a dinner date. I mean, she's saying it wasn't romantic, but, like, generally if a man would take me to a dinner and then a ballet and then the next night another dinner... You gotta kind of think there's some sort of dating situation happening. Granted, this was like just a few months after her husband passed away from cancer and that's completely traumatizing. Of course, she probably wasn't really thinking like, oh, this is going to be a sexual thing. It was more just like, oh, this is a freaking prince. Granted, she was married to a prince, so I guess she might not be phased by princes, but a prince and a princess eating together. (laughs) She said nothing ever creepy happened with them. And then she said she did meet Jeffrey Epstein at a party back in 2002, but he wasn't creepy or anything then. But, like, what do you think? Pedophiles go to a party say, wearing a shirt that say, I like underage girls? No, pedophiles don't do that, especially ones that, like, know that they're, like, aggressively being a pedophile. <laughs> like, you definitely don't let other people know. So it's not surprising that she wasn't privy to what was going on behind closed doors with Jeffrey and Ghislaine and all these people. And, and Prince Andrew, let's not forget was definitely playing the I don't know her card and it's kind of ridiculous on the back of Carol's book of what remains her author photo has copyright Ghislaine Maxwell on it and so you know she not only took that photo but then was then paid to use that photo so even that like kind of make it seem like Carol has probably tried to distance herself from this you know rightfully so but all signs lead to them have having been probably closer than we really know i don't think carol would ever be a part of any sort of recruiting of young women to sleep with jeffrey that just is completely out of her character regardless of what you think about her i don't ever believe that that would ever be the case but yeah we literally were talking about this back on episode 62 that is crazy almost 60 episodes ago when all this stuff kind of started coming up with Jeffrey again about this time last year, she we reported on how her name and phone number were in his little black book. And I was questioning it then, and, and I still didn't think that anything, you know, really happened. But again, she was like a beautiful young woman, and 
ran in this billionaire circle and all these fancy rich people and the parties like new york city is very small like jill zarin says it in her first episode but new york city is very small and closer you get to the one percent the circle just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller so it's not surprising that they ran together or whatever but Ghislaine also went to chelsea clinton's wedding and like love the clintons but bill clinton is a motherfucking dog he was also going to little st james island disgusting absolutely disgusting so ending the show on some kind of fun and interesting news we've got below deck news a couple different random things but we just have to say below deck meds numbers are charting higher than any real housewife shows right now beating atlanta i mean what it was on but good for below deck they've been doing really well for the past few years which is also why they have like three versions of it and there's never a time during the year where below deck isn't on which i appreciate because the show always just brings it so we need that but the new york times had an amazing article about below deck and it was written by katie weaver who i think i've read stuff from her on other sites but i can't remember but she actually ended up getting to go onto a charter and kind of be a fly on the wall and she was on the charter with that guy oh god i can't remember his name but he had the dog that beautiful little husky dog and he had like some atrocious friends and like the cute little girl yuki and like her like chubby husband uh and so they had so this reporter was on the boat with them and just kind of talked about like a, a bunch of like interesting little things and she just some tidbits i got from it were was that they use the real master bedroom as the full control room so it'll have like 10 producers in there and all of like different cameras and that they over the you know six weeks of filming will get 40 terabytes of video footage which is quadruple the quantity of data generated annually by nasa's hubble telescopes i just loved that phrase to show the sheer amount of (laughs) like 19 cameras worth of content that they receive and then they have to dig through and so that's why they have all these producers on site so that they can really do minute by minute notes on all of the things that are kind of happening so that when they kind of go back it's a little bit easier to dig through all of this footage and so whereas the real housewives would be filming for four to six months to get the exact same amount of content below deck only has six weeks and that is crazy if you really consider the the timing of that and also they don't have do-overs whereas the real housewives there's a bad lunch or if whatever if the season sucks of real housewives of beverly hills you can kind of cut some scenes and make something happen but on below deck if nothing happens in those six weeks nothing happens granted they cast accordingly and always make sure they get some crazies in there it makes the stakes a little bit higher when it's such a short period and during the six weeks of production they rent 47 hotel rooms for the production team and uh sometimes executives will come but they'll only be able to like stay for a day or two which i thought was kind of interesting one other thing that i thought was really interesting was that they can't listen to any music while they're working even on headphones because it could kind of prevent a conversation from happening and obviously they don't want that they do have legally mandated breaks where they won't be doing boat duties which you'll see like this past episode, maybe there was one before, Malia told the unit who, she probably was just trying to get the unit out of her fucking hair, but she was like, bro, stop washing spoons and go to bed, go to bed. So I think there's definitely some sort of like mandated breaks that they need to take, which like, of course, what do you like, just because they're on a boat doesn't mean they should be working more than what I believe to be an eight hour day, but don't take anything to heart when it comes to my work ethic. And then one other thing, that I thought was really weird was when they do want to take a nap, they have to wave their hands to get the attention of the control room down in the master bedroom because they are unable to darken the lights in their own cabins. Can you imagine being in a room where you can't turn the lights on or off at your own will and you have to have like a bunch of strangers watching you on a camera to be like, oh, she wants to take a nap. Okay, yeah, we'll let her take a nap. I just thought that was really interesting. It was a great read. So definitely check that out. It's called The Reality Behind Below Deck. Definitely a good read. And just get the New York Times, everybody. You'll get way smarter. And also, great news coming out of Below Deck sailing. Paget and Ciara are engaged. They got engaged this weekend. The ring he gave her was such a clusterfuck. I don't really know how to describe it. It was like multiple stones. Just not a diamond. And 
you know, you don't have to give someone a diamond. That's that's not the it's not set in stone. <laughs> but it's it's more traditional than we'd expect. But the the ring was massive and very interesting. And I'm happy for them. Yeah, I didn't really know where they would go at the end of Below Deck Sailing because his flirting with Georgia was pretty hot and heavy and I kind of got some sexy vibes from them but hey obviously it didn't break them and the fact that they are getting married after uh being on a reality show together is shocking and applaudable because most people have the opposite effect happen of their on their relationship after being on a reality show so I'm really happy for them and that actually brings us to the end of today's episode here I am again 54 minutes in Jesus fucking Christ I don't know how I do it I really don't know how I do it and sometimes when I record with guests I get to like the 40 minute mark and I'm so tired because conversations are hard but if you're just monologuing alone it's kind of easy and what I would probably be doing in my head if I were not podcasting anyways maybe not thinking about Bravo but it's the same gist but thank you so much for listening to Bravo Happy Hour I appreciate you guys all if you really liked the show go over to Apple Podcasts give me a little rating leave a review it's super nice i've got some great shows coming out this week and in the coming weeks i have kim zolciak beerman's dating history part two coming out and part one was so crazy i listened back and was just cracking up and it was just a great show and i love mercedes she is an absolute hoot and i love having a friend come on because the two of us just kiki and honestly it was like really nice to just connect with her um even if it was about kim zolciak's horrific (laughs) past but Hey, whatever brings people together in this quarantine, I will take. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it and have a good week. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.